Well, good morning to each one. I'd like to begin with the children's meeting. So the children, you can come forward to these two front benches. It would be 
a good idea to quickly stomp on the gas. Okay? Some think that that would... How many of you think it would be a good idea to quickly slam on the brakes? Would that be good? I mean, it's turning yellow. Okay? Some one that thinks that. Like Hayden said, he mentioned slow down. Yellow means caution. Caution is a word that simply means be careful, be cautious, beware. The yellow traffic light is saying be careful and clear the intersection. Slow down, be cautious. So don't you think carefully slowing down at the yellow light would be much more safer than stomping on the gas or quick slamming on the brakes. Don't you all think? Okay, I see a lot of heads nodding. What I want to talk about now is sometimes listening to God is like watching this traffic light here. How do people know what God wants them to do? Well, to find out what God wants us to do, we must spend time studying the Bible, and we must pray. As we read the Bible and pray to God, God will speak to our hearts and show us what to do. God's will is often revealed in the same symbols of the traffic light. Sometimes in our lives, God shows us a red light. Sometimes God shows us a green light. Sometimes God gives us a yellow light. Wait, be careful, be cautious. In Jonah chapter 1, we read about a man named Jonah who was given a green light from God. It says, says in Jonah 1, verse 1 and 2, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was told, Arise and go to Nineveh. He was clearly being told by God to go and do something, to take action. Did Jonah obey God? He did not obey God. Jonah ended up in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights. You see, Jonah tried to turn God's green light into a red light, and he tried to run the opposite direction, but it did not work out for him. You know, even today, people sometimes try to turn God's green lights into red lights. You see, the Bible is full of green lights. These green lights are God's will for us to go and do. The Bible says go and be kind and tender-hearted. Go and be pure in heart. Go and be truthful. Go and honor your parents. Go and respect the government. Go and be a light and a witness in the world. And so let's keep God's green lights green and not be like Jonah and try to turn them into red lights. Now, in Mark chapter 5, we have a story about a man who wanted a green light, 
But Jesus gave him first a red light, and then after he gave him a red light, he gave him a green light. Okay, so let's talk about him. Now this man was just healed by Jesus. Before Jesus healed him, the Bible tells us that he was a wild man with an evil spirit. And he lived in a graveyard or a cemetery. And he was a wild man. In fact, it says that he didn't even wear clothes. That sounds scary, doesn't it? I think to think of someone like that across the road from our house. Yeah, the cemetery over there. But the Bible says people tried to bound him with shackles and chains. Or today we call them handcuffs. And he would just pull the chains apart and break the shackles in pieces. No one could tame him. He was a wild man. Well, Jesus was more powerful than the evil spirits. At his word, the evil spirits left this man. And if you remember that story, the evil spirits went into a herd of swine, and the swine went running off, and it ran down the steep place to the sea. The possessed man, after being healed, wanted to stay with Jesus. The Bible says he begged Jesus that he might be with him. He wanted a green light to stay with Jesus. However, Jesus did not permit him. He said, no, stop. Red light, you can't be with me. But that's not the end of the story. After Jesus gave the man a red light, Jesus then gave him a green light. Not the green light he wanted, not the one he was first looking for, but another. Jesus said, go, go home, bring light to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And that's exactly what the man did. You see, sometimes we think we know what is right. But God stops us and tells us to do something entirely different that we never would have done on our own. And so it's so important that people stay in tune with God. If they don't, they will miss God's traffic signals. And so red means what? Stop. Green means what? Go. Yellow means? Caution. Okay, very good. Now, I'd like to read six verses from Colossians chapter 3. And after I read those verses, you can get back to your parents. But Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17, six verses. And in these six verses, I counted 14 go signals, 14 green lights, 14 things that we can go and do. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. These are all green lights, all things we can go and do. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. 
but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see all those green lights? Did you hear them? We've got a lot to do, don't we? got a lot to keep us busy. Okay, you can go back to your parents. hope you all were listening. <laughs> that was for the children, but that was also for you, for all of us. But I want to continue with lessons from the traffic light with a focus now on the yellow light. I will say I'm thankful today for the clear red and green signals that we find in the Word of God. I went back yesterday, I looked at Colossians chapter 3. I looked at that chapter, went down through and was marking the green lights and the red lights. And for every red light, everything that we are not to do, there is two green lights that we can pursue. And I believe that shows us that the Christian life is not a restricted life of red lights, but a life of tremendous opportunity. I believe that's why Christian people are so busy. We have so many green lights. We have so many opportunities. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah 40, and I'd like to focus on verse 31, a very familiar verse. As we think about the yellow caution light, I was hoping maybe I would hear a few stories when I mentioned a caution light. <laughs> Maybe they could share a few examples that they witnessed, but uh, they were pretty calm. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This verse begins, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What is this verse saying to us? I believe it's saying to us, in a nutshell, that there are times in life which we must slow down, take caution, and wait on God to 
to act first. And in such times, we must yield our will to his and patiently wait until God tells us more. You know, we often groan when out ahead we see a traffic light turn from green to yellow. Because it means one thing. It means we're going to have to stop and we're going to have to wait. However, I will say here at the beginning, a spiritual yellow light from God is not necessarily a negative thing. If you look in the verse, you notice four promises to those that wait on the Lord. The first one is, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I would say these promises would be worth slowing down for. The promise to those that wait is renewed strength. Now the word wait, as we find it here, basically means the same as the way we use the word wait today. It means longing or looking to expect to hope. Waiting on God is an act of faith, hoping with expectation and trust. Unlike waiting in the line at Walmart or an hour for your food at a restaurant, which we had the privilege to do recently, waiting on God is not a waste of time. And so we may wonder, well, how do we wait on God? What does that look like? So if you would, turn to Psalm 37. I have two passages from Psalms that I want to consider. Psalm 37, verse 1 through 7 is my first passage. How do we wait upon God? How do we deal with the yellow traffic signal? And I'm thinking more in a spiritual way than the one we have to deal with in town. Psalm 37 verse 1 begins with, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. How do we wait upon God? What stood out to you in these seven verses? It'd be interesting to go around and hear that. But the first thing that I see in this small passage is the word, two words, fret not. And when I first looked at those words, I thought, well, 
That almost sounds like uh, someone that's fretting is whining or complaining. But if you look at that word fret, it has the thought of anxious. And so the first thing I see here is that we don't wait on God with an anxious spirit. Don't worry. Replace that with the other teaching that we find here. The first part of verse 7, I believe, is key to waiting on the Lord. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. The picture I see in verses 3 through 5, you know, if we are facing a spiritual yellow signal, we don't go sit in a corner or crawl in bed and pull the covers up over our head. No, as we wait upon God, we continue in the clear green signals of God's word and rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, the yellow light doesn't mean stop. It means caution, beware. And so if we're facing a yellow light, we continue. We continue in the green, in the clear green signals of God's word. And rest and wait patiently for him. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? Yellow lights are temporary. In one way or another, they will pass. You know, we're looking now at the story of Joseph. And there, there's a phrase in that story that just keeps coming over, that, that is repeated and repeated and repeated. And it's just a few simple words. And those words are, and it came to pass. And then you have a lot of details, and it came to pass. And then the story, more of the story, and it came to pass. I'd encourage you to read that story with that in mind. My point is that yellow lights are temporary. In one way or another, they will eventually pass. Even Mylon in his situation with his heart, that situation will eventually pass. I like the words in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And why don't you turn there if you have your Bibles open? Second Corinthians 4:16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Turn over to Psalm 
25. I'd like to read 1 through 5. Psalm 25, 1 through 5. If you are waiting on the Lord for a particular need this morning, let these words from Psalm 25 encourage you. You can make these part of your prayer. We'll read one through five. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. If you are waiting on the Lord this morning for a particular need in your life, verse 3 you have nothing to be ashamed of. While you wait, verse 4, seek God for direction. Pray to know God's truth. Verse 5a, pray to be led in the truth of God's word. And then verse 5b, and remember, God is your salvation. God is your rock. God is your foundation. Psalm 62, 1 and 2 says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. In our verse in Isaiah 40, 31, we have several beautiful word pictures. And first we have the picture of the eagle. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. The eagle with little effort soars high into the sky for hours on end. The eagle is a picture of strength, of power, freedom. That's the picture of God's people who are strengthened by the Lord. Strength renewed as eagles. When we are soaring as eagles, as the eagle, high in the heavens, we are close to the heart of God. And then we have that picture of run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. We have a picture of physical strength. Strength for the journey. We grow weary at times. We know what it's like to experience spiritual and physical weakness. The pressures of life can make us weary. The promise to those that wait on God is physical strength, spiritual strength, strength for the journey. Does that mean I'm gonna be able to lift weights like Jamie and Carl? Probably not but I'll have strength for the day. That's what God's promising us.
And so today, if God has given you a yellow signal light and you are trying to find your way, here's what you must do. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In other words, give that yellow signal light back to God and trust him with it. He cares for you. What does it mean when God cares for you? Now we say God loves you, and that's true. We've heard that all of our life. But what does it mean that God cares for you? Have you ever thought about that God likes you? God likes you. How is that different than God loving you? Now back in the day, many years ago, when I was in the upper grades, and then later when I was part of the youth group, for the most part I can say I love my classmates. I love my youth group, but there was a certain girl that I liked. And I still like her. In fact, this fall, she's went hunting with me quite a few times. And I'd like to ask you this morning, how many of you have got an invitation to go hunting with me this fall? <laughs> Nobody. I dearly love you all. But God likes you. God likes you just like you are. Just like he created you. You know, the reason I traveled with Jill all the way to Oregon in a compact car that was loaded to the gills was more than because I love her. It's because I like her. I enjoy being with her. God likes you. He wants to travel with you on your journey of life way much more than I ever wanted to go to Oregon with you. Turn to Matthew 11. I'd like to read 28 through 30. And so we're thinking about if God has given you a yellow signal and you are trying to find your way, here is what you must do. That was our original thought. I got a little sidetracked it. But we're coming back to that. We have the words of Jesus. Again, very familiar words. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Often we focus on the words, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And those are certainly wonderful words because we must first come. But the invitation continues with, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn from me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and the life, or light. I'm not sure which. He's both. You see, the invitation to rest is threefold. Come to me, take my yoke upon you, and then learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, in our community, we have many people who are trying to turn God's red lights into green lights. And instead of finding freedom like you would think they would, they find themselves in tremendous bondage. They find themselves that in a yoke that is not easy or light. And so today, if God has given you a yellow signal light and you're trying to find your way, let's look at Philippians 4, 19. Philippians 4:19 But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I've said this here before and I'll say it again but the need in this verse is singular. You know we have many needs but then we have that pressing need in our life. You know you can think of a of a box and in that box you have your needs and they're all in there just lined up but then there's this one need that just clear is out of the box that is that is the need that god says i can supply and he can supply the other ones too but the current singular need 
2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. If you want to turn there, you can. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. We talk about the grace of God. We sing about the grace of God. Wonderful grace of Jesus, we sing. But did you notice what this verse says? It says, and God is able to make all grace. It's something you can think about and meditate on as you consider a yellow traffic signal in your life. God is able to make all grace. So in conclusion, the children said it's very dangerous to go when the traffic light says stop. Someone said there might be a crash if you go when the light is red. That's exactly right. The children also said it's very dangerous to stop when the traffic light says go. It's a good way to get rear-ended. The yellow light, there was some mixed, a little bit of mixed thoughts there. Some thought we should stomp on the gas. Others thought we should quickly slam on the brakes. I think there was at least one that would have felt that way. But in the end, they agreed when approaching a yellow traffic signal, it would be better to slow down, be cautious, be careful. And so it is in life when facing yellow light, be it spiritual or otherwise, a cautious, careful approach is often so much better than quickly stomping on the gas or slamming on the brakes. I would like to close with Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. If you would like to turn there, maybe you're still there. Isaiah 40, 28, 31. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We'll call for a closing song. Let's sing the chorus, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord.